We are barely here by the skin of our teeth. Hanging the fuck on. And not like how we normally are hanging the fuck on. You guys are like, I know, we get it. You're tired. You're tired. You've traveled too much. Andrew ate something spicy. No, this is a different. You're selling me out. Level of. (laughs) That's the loudest I've ever yelled on the podcast. (laughs) I was just trying to do a generic, like if if a if a AI robot had to analyze hundreds of our intros, yeah, yeah, what, yeah, yeah, what they would say, we'd been the, through. It's like Andrew ate something in, too spicy. Tawny didn't know the show was starting. They both just got off a plane. You put on the robot voice, and it's like, yeah, the AI, AI yo, is this racist? In a panic mode, they intro the show eight minutes in. Yeah, I. I just had two dogs go buck wild on the water bowl like two seconds before we started rolling. So hell yeah, baths for dogs. I'm struggling. Um, um, but no, we are uh, we are without Kevin this week. First of all, this is a podcast. Yo, is this racist? Let's get that out of the way. We listen to your voicemails about racism with the help of special guest or guests, but nobody's here. Sometimes one of us is gone. Like last week, I got in trouble because I wasn't here. And, you weren't. Um, no, you were not in trouble. You were simply. Ken Chang I, I, was yelling at me last night oh, for this. I'm still little... in trouble with Ken. Ken trouble isn't here. real trouble. I think. Ooh. I think that's the, that's an axiom of Hollywood. Ken trouble. I want that. I want to write whatever the limited streaming series is that that is the tagline for, because that's such a good tagline. Ken Trouble Ain't Real Trouble (laughs) on FX. Four nights only. It's just called Can Can You Dig It? Oh, this is okay. It's Uh, about a detective. Um, (laughs) It's a detective and a dad, and no one's in trouble. No one listens to him, and that's actually pretty close to Ken. (laughs) I forgot Ken Damn, was now, last week. That now feels we're like a million him years ago. Again. It feels like a no, million years oh, ago. No, don't worry. He, he won't listen to this. It's fine. Because <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't here. But this yeah, anyway, so this is that podcast. I'm Tony Newsome. <laughs> That's it. You're back. D. You're back from wherever the hell you were. I you t- you texted me when you were listening back to the episode. Whatever the hell I said about me genuinely not knowing where you were last week. I laughed out loud because you said, <laughs> I usually like can't say like, oh, not sure where Tawny is because maybe it's like a Hollywood reason or whatever. But no, this was a literal, I don't know where the fuck she is and why she's not here. It really made me laugh. <laughs> it was true. I was just like, oh, this is this is the first time in a while I'm not being some weird, sneaky, withholding lunatic, Hollywood lunatic. I was just like, right. I don't know where she is. Just- didn't know where your friend was. Um, <laughs> She's somewhere else. I was in Chicago. Oh, that's right. Oh, I, I was. That. Um, and I could have done a podcast, but I was no. at. Uh, I was at Ravinia, which is a beautiful outdoor concert shell thing uh, in the North Shore suburbs, watching my friend Bethany and a bunch of other friends sing beautiful Sondheim songs with stars of stage and screen. Oh. It was a lovely concert. It was beautiful. I was sitting outside in the humid. Thick air, mm-hmm. just thinking how how fucked all of the weather in Chicago is. We got <laughs> we got nothing there. We got the winter is bad, the summer is worse, and I just was like, man, I want these people to know freedom. I mean, I yeah. was you for so long, for so long, and I didn't know any better. And Still I would plan though. outdoor events in August, and I'd be like, this will be fun for people. And I got well, there, and I was like, why? Why are we out here? I'll tell you why. A little bit of little bit of celery salt on the hot dogs. 
The celery salt on the hot dogs has made us crazy, and we don't have a barometer in our body anymore. We don't understand the weather. That's celery right. salt. Do we talk? Have we talked about? We probably talked about this on Yo Can We Live, but learning that celery salt was the secret ingredient on on Chicago Hot. We're just doing the bonus show now for the main show for some reason because we don't want to talk oh, about racism. Right oh, now. What show is that, Andrew? What show Yo, is that? Yo Can We Live. All you have to do is go to suboptimalpods.com, uh, subscribe for I don't remember how many dollars a month, and you have access to our <laughs> premium show. Oh, like Yo Can We Live, which is the good. Friday show where we don't talk about racism. It very closely resembles this this, this bullshit show intro. that we're talking yeah. about. Um, and, and also uh, things in the suboptimal bundle for a higher tier. Uh, I just recorded a bunch more episodes of Dale Dudes with Matt Hell Apodaca. Yeah. Um, we'll call him famous Matt Apodaca, video game Matt Apodaca. Um, this is the show where yep. we have managed to stretch out about 40 minutes of screen time watch along into it's going to be about three hours worth of material. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Uh, we're really, we're really using the whole children's television show. We're getting yeah. every ounce of content we can out of that fucker. You're scraping the whole inside of that avocado. Acorn. The inside of the acorn. That's yeah, a Chippendale reference. You'll, you'll get it. If all true Dale heads will know. They love acorns. Only, only true Dale heads will get it. Get this reference: acorns. Would a chipmunk eat an avocado? Um. Yeah, I think that's that's one of the things you learn in L.A. Is every time like people have <laughs> no seriously, every time people have like avocado trees and shit, they're always like, I don't know if they're eaten by chipmunks, but there's always a oh, yeah. n- nasty ground avocado that's been just. Just Some kind of marmot destroyed, yeah. Um, yeah. so in news, oh. we should get to the racism because we really are just doing the bonus show, and we can't we can't do that. They, these people tune in, these freaks and masochists tune in for the racism, and we got to give it to them. They love it, a racism. Uh, and I'm my th- my problem is that. This isn't like exactly racism news uh, in what probably most people would believe, but it's so hard to not be laser focused on the fact that fucking Andrew Yang is back. And I just personally hate him so much that it's hard to focus on other shit in the world. Mm, yeah. God, I hope something yeah. really bad didn't happen because now I'm going to sound like a callous asshole. But um, that motherfucker's back on the news with his. Uh, fake-ass right-wing political party, and I just hate him, but I don't really have anything intelligent to say. Is he is he currently running for something? I feel like every time you bring him up, my question is always like, what what is he doing? What What is the activity currently? He, he's just, he has a um, new political party that uh, he keeps saying is about like a third party new, like breaking up the duopoly of politics but mm-hmm. then refuses to say any policy positions. And if his presidential campaign was any indication, except for like a kind of fake version of universal basic income, all his other shit is just right-wing bullshit. Mm-hmm. Uh, right-wing and white supremacist bullshit. I just, I still, you know what? This is where I will continue to grind my ax, which is that mm-hmm. all the Asian people that told me I couldn't talk shit about Andrew Yang owe me an apology, and there are a lot of them. Okay, well, that's for you to hash <laughs> out in your that. various group texts. 
<laughs> all the group chats are going to be blowing up. The ones that I'm not in. Uh, no, you're in, you're in most of them. <laughs> um, um, I did want to shout out enemy of the show, Jessica Gao last night for her She-Hulk premiere. That was a very, that's right. you she know, Hulk. it's not racism news. It's more like race triumph news. Cause you know, that was a real, that was a real yeah. black and Chinese ass party. The the her staff she hired a really diverse writing staff uh, and uh, while I was not able to be part of it I feel <laughs> like I was because same people I was just too involved with everyone on that fucking show <laughs> same yeah yeah I, I, like, I feel like I was in the room I feel like I was on set and I'm happy for everyone yeah. involved uh, yeah but no honestly like legitimately very cool to see uh, yeah. you know all those folks get to celebrate that. Um, friend of the show, Zig, you song was involved. Kara Brown, what a what a crew. Ken Chang, of course. Ken Chang was not actually. He's just hanging out. Ken Chang was just there last night. I keep yeah. thinking that he was involved because he takes such an ownership <laughs> over everything he does. Yeah. And he took an ownership in a way last night that was like, wait, you're not. You didn't work on this. Why are you? You just. <laughs> Well, yeah, he's just a just a complainy boy. And uh, listen back to last week's episode for more Ken than you'll ever hear on a podcast, probably. Um, oh, speaking of racists taking L's, not that that's what that this news was, but the previous news. I guess no, the triumph of this is racists taking L's. So three, um, the the uh, campaign, the we'll call it air quotes, the right wing Democrat campaign to recall. Our, uh, the DA in LA County, George Gascon, uh, failed because there were a bunch of uh, fake uh, names and shit put put on it. Um, that was just great LA local news. I mean, great, good, not bad LA local news. Um, mm. But that, oh, that is a thing that happened. I did want to talk about, this was some Trek news that was a couple weeks ago, but because I wasn't here last week, I didn't get to mention it. Um, the Trek yes. community lost uh, a great actor, activist, um, incredible person, Nichelle Nichols, who played Uhura in the original series. Um, and, you know, there's more, we, we have a couple big, like, Star Trek events coming up where I think there's going to be more of, like, an official, you know, I don't know. There's going to be, like, an official thing where we can honor her in a way that is befitting of her legacy. So I don't want to be too like flippant or casual about it, but for what concerns this show, the kind of the space where I feel comfortable talking about this Trek angle, <laughs> this weird little Venn diagram of people who there's a lot of Trek people that listen and you all care about race and things like that. Um, yeah. You know, obviously she was one of the first black women on broadcast TV um, not playing like a servant or any type of like, you know, service role. She was a communications officer. Uhura was, you know, didn't have a lot of material, didn't have a lot of lines per episode, but was definitely very present on the bridge in a, in a command position in a way that was just not seen in the 60s. So her, just her very presence, even if the writing kind of didn't serve her talent and her time, um, her, her presence was groundbreaking. And then what she did with her life and what she did with that role and the people she was able to reach the change she was able to affect at NASA in terms of like recruiting young scientists and um, space explorers of color, all really important stuff. She inspired, you know, there's all these stories about her inspiring astronauts like Mae Jemison. And um, so there's all these examples of her, her impact and her legacy reaching beyond just television. 
the one thing that I feel like I'd, I'd like to have more conversations about is are, are the ways in which we ask people like that and we have asked people like that to kind of sacrifice themselves because there's a really there's a really kind of beautiful and depending on how you look at it uplifting story about Nichelle being on uh, the show being on the original series of Star Trek and wanting to leave and there's this story that she tells all the time you can find lots of interviews of her telling it on YouTube and it's really heartwarming and beautiful of her getting to meet Martin Luther King Jr. and he was a fan of the show and him saying like, I'm such a fan of yours. This is incredible. And she had either just given her letter of like re- resignation to Gene Roddenberry or had just said like, you know, I'm, I'm going to quit basically. And so she told MLK, well, I'm actually leaving. And MLK is the person who said, no, you need to stay because what you're doing, what you represent, what you mean to people, this is important. This is going to change things. You need to stay. And so she stayed and she finished out the show. You know, the show only did three seasons. So it wasn't a, in by today's standards of, you know, shows running for seasons and seasons. That doesn't sound like a ton of time. But for an actress who wasn't feeling valued or who wasn't having the experience she wanted to to be asked to do that by a civil rights leader, by the most prominent black person in in the world at that point, and then to do it because she really felt like she had this obligation um, you know, to fans, to just black people everywhere. It's both a beautiful story, but I don't know enough that we've talked enough about how it's also a really tragic, sad (laughs) story about a woman who was kind of, I don't know, maybe she felt trapped into doing this, but I don't know. I just, as we, you know, move forward with, I don't know, with representation and how we talk about it and how important it is, just keeping in mind that it's not, these people's job to do you know she's an actress she her job was to press fake buttons on a console and hail vulcans and shit yeah her job was not to uh be this this symbol and yet she took it she took it on because it was important um so i just want to be mindful of the like the way we tell those stories uh, having an ear to both it being incredible that she did it and that mlk convinced her to and how beautiful that is but also like man that must have been really lonely and hard yeah to not it, be able to just leave a job you want to leave i think absolutely like like it's so clearly like a sort of a, a either i don't know how, if it's like right to frame it as like a sacrifice or like the responsibility of like yeah there there's a there's a part of you know representation that involves so much more than yourself. And part of that is because you become responsible for so much more because you have, you know, been given an opportunity that Mm -hmm. is uh, disproportionately denied to people like you. And Mm -hmm. and it's just like, you know, and and it it isn't merely just like, I think maybe it's like so tough because like, um, for for actors, it's so like sort of prominent and even relatively rare for all of humanity. Um, but it also is just like everywhere, right? Like this is like like when I had a fucking day job. Not to sorry, not I'm just saying, just by way of example or the way I relate to this, like being one of the few people of color at, at in an office just makes you be like, I have to fucking think about everything else. Uh, or, or like what I'm doing in terms of responsibility and then my actual job. And it's like amplified mm-hmm. so, so, so much. Um, yeah. You're uh, doing a job on top of a job. Yeah. I'm going to say a thing. Care. 
that hopefully, uh, if we have to cut this, we have to cut it. But um, even just like a little bit, because we were hanging out when you were sort of processing all this news and mm. it felt like I was just watching you realize that you are also, you know, a in a tiny um, cohort of essentially like black women in Trek, uh, which is a thing yeah. that I, I was watching you take very seriously. And and just also watching you like do what you could to um, go above and beyond what you know certainly what your job is as contract contractually <laughs> like delineated and just watching you have to be you know conscious of yeah even now like what you're you're having to talk about it and know that there will have to be other things but like your words um, in a unfair responsibility way but hopefully in, on some level a nice way like have outsized power i don't know if it's power but mm. like you know it's just like outsized responsibility like lots of white people never have to think like oh i need to be careful what i say because it is a thing for all white people to worry about uh or or it yeah. reflects on i don't know i i'm hopefully not drawing a parallel that is not okay for me to draw but I was just no. watching watching some of that happen and I was like, man, this is like it's it's so hard to like you know, just just seeing it. It was very it was very uh interesting and uh moving on some level for me as a very yeah. very much an outsider. It's not you're right. It's not power, but it is privilege in a way. Like I've been given so much access partly because the combination of like me being a big fan. So then working in this, you know, there, there's a world in which I could just show up and clock in and record my little voice stuff and leave. And th that would be perfectly fine. I would be doing my job well and that's acceptable. And plenty of actors do that. And I, I think because I am such a fan and because I have been having such kind of n nuanced and intricate conversations with the folks at HQ, you know, Star Trek HQ and and all the producers about this type of stuff, just because I'm, I'm a loud mouth about it because this stuff is important to me. Uh, you know, they've given me a lot of, I'll, I'll call it access. It's not power. And it's definitely not responsibility because no one is making me do these things. Sure. But that access means that I can do things that others maybe can't or don't know how to. Yeah. And so that responsibility is very self-inflicted. Yeah. But I, I don't know I guess, another way yeah. to be. <laughs> well, of course. And I guess it, it is even just like, I'm like, is responsibility the right word as, as we're talking about it? Because you're right. It isn't that. But it is some sort of like sense of duty. But then... I also very much hear what you're saying, which is like, it's not like you have to do this. Right. No one called me and said, Tawny, what do we do? Yeah. I very much picked up the phone, called the powers that be and said, hey, this is a terrible, sad day. What yeah. are we doing to, how can I help? What can, yeah. what can I support? How can I put my eye on something? Because, yeah. you know, it's important to me that it's handled right. And frankly, when you look at how many black women there are actively in, in you know, active Star Trek shows right now, it's a it's a handful and it's a good yeah. amount because the shows are very diverse but like there's enough of us where we can hop on an email thread and start working some shit out together right. which is nice like that's that's cool to me that we can say like hey we're carrying on this legacy let's yeah. have discussions about it together and and really like form this community a little bit more sure but it is still such a small community it's just like really interesting i'm just like 
Because it is yeah. like analogously, you know, hundreds of white men have been on Star Trek. Like there's no like, I don't know. There's, That's there's, true, yeah. There's no like, oh, we have to make sure we like protect white men. Yeah. <laughs> version, uh, version of this maybe thing. Maybe they will. Oh, yeah. You know what? Who knows? <laughs> who, who am I to say? Who Maybe am I there'll be an email fuck? thread of white guys. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> there probably is. <laughs> hey, what are you guys, what what are are they guys doing today? About? <laughs> I don't know. Like, <laughs> I kind of want to be a fly on the wall of that email thread. I just want to see what, what, yeah. what goes down. Um, Honestly, that one's probably pretty good. Uh, it's probably a fun time. If it's the Trek guys, I bet they're talking about nice, cute things. I bet it's a good time. A lot of video <laughs> games, probably. Um... <laughs> No, anyway, but thank you for indulging me here. It's just there's, you know, there's going to be lots of opportunities for people to, for us in track to say like official things and do real things. But I was like, I don't feel like, I I feel like I just need to say the thing about her, you know, what what she must have sacrificed and how we can keep an eye on that and and what we ask of our, you know, marginalized voices as we make art in the future. It's one thing to include folks who, you know, come from different backgrounds and it's another thing to... I don't really consider what that means when they accept the job and then, you know, it doesn't end there for them. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's, you know, let's, let's say probably as good a place as any to end uh, the first half of the show. And then we'll come back and do a little voicemail. Sounds good. Yeah. And we're back. And we're back. We did it. We had a break. We all stretched our legs. We ate a, a yogurt. It's been a while since I've actually had a yogurt. Okay. Let's... Uh, Maybe a yogurt <laughs> sauce? A tzatziki. Does that count? We've we've spoken too much about yogurt already. I feel sick. I don't oh, like I'm it. I'm sorry. Um, oh, that, that was a funny moment from last night when Gao asked Kara Brown and I to make a charcuterie board. That was the most chaotic assembling of party items I've ever done and the most fun. I've never had more fun hastily prepping for a party whilst in the party. And uh, it was really fun party. Here's what I will say. And this is what I thought you were doing. And it's also perfect time for this just to sneak in a little uh, promo, which is that if, if you are listening in Austin, Texas, um, we're going to be in Texas this Saturday at the parish. Come see us. I would love to see you. And also this, and this is where I thought you were going off the yogurt thing, which is, I think the new, uh, the, the, a late addition, but I think it's going to be the winner for what I'm going to have, what local delicacy I'm going to have on stage. Tony's already mad. Um, (laughs) is, uh, cause I, I, you know, I started feeling like having like some barbecue on stage was going to be a little just pedestrian. So I think my ass is just going to get a little sippy cup of queso and just like, just, just slowly sip it on it the whole time we're, we're doing this show. So get Ooh. ready. If, if you thought the other mouth sounds on the, on the show were gross, this is going to be the grossest yet. I did get feedback by the way, from a close friend that she hates food on mic and all the people who've said no we don't mind at all the live shows she thinks are lying or they're trolling because she hates it and she thinks everyone should hate it so fyi i think the thing is that it's a large minority of people who absolutely hate it like 49 percent of people really hate it and then 51 percent of people are like completely indifferent like it doesn't bother them but they definitely don't no one likes it 
No one not likes one, it. Not as one as human being that. likes it. Yeah. As long as you understand that. Sorry. One human being likes it. Me. You? So. Uh, all right. I'll keep, you know what? It's still, I'm still going to do it for everyone's um, viewing pleasure because somehow our little live shows have turned into a little, uh, little variety little hour. Little man versus food. At the top of it. Uh, and that is entirely my fault because I made a promise about eating a lobster that turned into a lobster roll that turned into just juicy Lucy chaos. that's now become yeah. everywhere, everywhere it's, foods. All right, we're regretting. We should this. get into a voicemail. Yeah. Right. Yes. Let's, let's kick it. What's up, Andrew? Uh, super long time listener. Excuse the background noise. I'm doing some some diapers. Anyway, uh, I was wondering. Is it racist for me to refer to uh, my kind of Asians, a.k.a. Southeast Asians, um, as jungle Asians? Uh, you know, since we're from the jungles. Uh, that's pretty much it. Thinking about that. Been struggling. Thanks. <laughs> wow. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> Gotta say, we, we're rolling with a slightly different setup this week, and so this is the first time... Where uh, when the voicemail came up, I could physically see the file name. We've talked about these file names, but didn't see it before. So to just be confronted with just jungle Asians, uh, my breath caught in my throat. I'll tell you that. Um, I'll tell you if, that much. If it helps, I believe, I guess I don't know for a fact, but I believe um, this that particular phrasing was coined or minimum popularized but i believe coined by although it's maybe not that creative but i'm pretty sure coined by ali wong and one of her stand-up uh shows that being said you know it's not a particularly difficult uh phrase to come across but it is uh it doesn't sound great it definitely is like sort of like a in-group sort of phrasing um also yeah. I was just going to say, like, here, here's a litmus test for me. Would I ever say it? Absolutely not. Yeah. Should anyone who is not specifically from Southeast Asia ever say it? I feel strongly no. Also, but we got it. We do got to talk about, like, what's really the, the kind of elephant in the room of this term is, while yes, technically, the, you could say that the term comes from the fact that these folks are from countries with dense jungle, the word jungle used in this context is deeply rooted in anti-blackness. So j jungle, when it's applied to a people, is just always going to harken back to some mid-80s Reaganomics ass <laughs> black folk I mean, descriptor that just feels rough. Yeah, there's probably a world where it goes further back than that also. But sure, sure. There's that. I mean, I, I think the argument from South Asians uh, is, I'm guessing, but I'm pretty confident, but I'm guessing, is, you know, th this is a, like, it's been used derogatorily against us, and it's, you know, at best, it's something to, like, sort of reclaim. I will say a little bit the difference um and this is maybe my own personal axe that I continue to grind for nigh on a decade on this show, mm -hmm. is, like, Asian people specifically, like, doing the reclaiming shit just always doesn't come off the right way to mm. me the same way that 
I guess, look, this might just be my problem, but the way, like, like Black folks reclaiming slurs, it's sort of like, it feels like there's more power to it. And I guess my basis for this is that contemporary Asians don't have any kind of, like, civil rights apparatus. So, like, it often mm. feels like this is the best we got, mm. um, is, like, the, ooh, I'm a ninja kind of level of, like, I don't mind le- level of, of discourse that makes me depressed and sad. I wonder if it's because like culturally uh, bl- black folk who embrace that cutesy shit, like, Ooh, I'm I, like, I really don't like when people say like, I'm a African American or whatever. Like I get real annoyed with cutesy biracial shit. I don't mm-hmm. like biracial puns. I don't like shit like that. Probably just because it's like triggering for me. But yeah, I don't know. I feel like black folk kind of tend to beat each other's ass over that stuff a little bit more. Like we tend to be like, man, don't fucking do that. Yeah. And maybe you don't see that enough within <laughs> various Asian communities. So you're trying to make up for that. Yeah. Well, look, and there's also definitely like the main reason um, Southeast Asians can say things like we're, you know, jungle Asians is that the main not the main. Well, no, probably globally and historically, the main people they are oppressed by is East Asians like me. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's probably a decent argument, if not the only decent argument, that I should simply shut the fuck up because I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, However, colonizer. what I will also say is, yeah, thank you, is... <laughs> um, my other, and maybe this is a litmus test that both of us are overly sensitive to, but that doesn't mean we're not correct, which is don't fucking repeat shit from stand-up, especially shit that's like years and years old. It's so tired and whack and like, mm. I just like, come on, do, think, think of your own shit. Don't, don't like just repeat stand-up comedy of all things. Good Lord. Oh boy, here better. we go. Andrew hates stand-up. No, we don't have to do the whole thing. I'm just saying, <laughs> even even if like it's quote unquote okay to call yourself this, I think you could do better. That is that is what I will say. On a purely like comedic cleverness level, you're mm-hmm. better than this. Everyone mm-hmm. is better than this. We all this are is better the than the worst. <laughs> and you know what? We got to kick the next voicemail because I think my computer's going to overheat again. So Ooh. we got to move it. We got to keep this speedy. And then Yo Can yeah. We Live, I'm going to record on my phone. It's going to be a great tune in to hear the audio difference. Hey, so I just had a question. I know, you know, I've heard talk about people. Obviously, it's inexcusable and racist um, for people to use like karaoke or like a cover song as for white people to use that as an excuse to drop, you know, N words. Um, but what I hear kind of a lot is especially like white Gay men, of, of which I am one, um, I hear people, they will sub out the word um, for, you know, like for the F slur. And so I guess I had two questions. One, like, is that racist to like swap that out? And two, like, should, should we just, should, you know, should we just not be doing, should white people just not be doing these songs at all under any circumstance for any reason with any modifications? <laughs> Um, just curious because it's something that I've kind of seen a lot. Thanks. Love the show. 
<laughs> seen a lot. Seen a lot. Holy uh, shit. Oh my God. What? Your karaoke rooms must be so intense. <laughs> I, I. You know what my first thought was? You know, in that J-Lo song, I'm Real, where she says the N-word twice, but no one's mad at her because it's J-Lo. No one's mad. Um, I I imagine them swapping out the F-slur in that, which is just insane. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I I mean, I hate this. Uh, I Listen, I think the bigger meta question for me is... It is, like, super troubling how often, um, you know, I just, white folks are... It's super troubling for me how often white folks uh, have to ask some variation of this question. And now that we have, like, a new wrinkle on how to approach it for, <laughs> I guess we'll call it other oppressed people. Because <laughs> this, like, really highlights a long-running thing on our show, it, which is that... White people are fucking obsessed with karaoke rap and saying the N-word in a way that I am like, this is bonkers. This is bonkers how high on your list okay. of things. Can I tell you my is. favorite way I ever saw this navigated? <laughs> I will tell you off mic who this was, because you know them uh-huh. and they're great. And this was they did it well, but they probably just don't want this story <laughs> floating around about them. Um but this was not a white person, but not a black person. <laughs> and they, every time the N-word would come up, and I don't know how to translate this for audio, they would do like a, and then I said, you know, my, but he, and then we. <laughs> like a radio edit, like a simply radio yes, edit. Yes, but the face and the hand motion I'm doing was key. Because oh, it wasn't like yeah. just blanking out. It was going like. Uh, it was like offering it up like you guys know what's I, being said. I was I was gonna <laughs> say Tani was doing the the face and hand gesture that is the classically indicated by uh, like uh, Yeah. Hand <laughs> I, up. It's like offering it. So there's no like there was no shying away, like, ooh, I'm scared of this word, but there was like a I'm not gonna say it, but you all can hear it in your minds. And then they just let all of us just hear all the niggas in that were in our heads. Cause it, we all knew the song, so we could hear it in our head. And I was like, that is so genius and funny. I guess it's the the I, I mean, listen, I once again I'm saying shit that's easy for me to say, but Surely karaoke cannot be as big a part of people's lives as it <laughs> as it is in this the the universe of this show. There's so much more of this shit than life, right? It has to be. I think it like simply it, has to be. I think it's it just ha- it's the most confusing place for people to navigate this. They don't know. They're yeah. like, but wait, because karaoke is nerd shit. All right. And w- sure. what do nerds love? Nerds love accuracy. Like the way to be a yeah. rock star at karaoke is to get up there and to say, I know, because anytime I don't look at the words and can sing verbatim the hidden lyrics from Semi Charmed Life, white people lose their mind. They're like, how did she remember that? I'm like, because I my my friends in 1996 were my pets. That's how I remember it. Because I sat there and I memorized shit like this. So the accuracy thing trips on people's that part of their brain trips on that 
when it comes to, oh, but wait, there's a slur in here, but wait, I have to win karaoke, so I need a creative solve. Uh It's nerd shit. No one is cool doing it. I'm going to say a thing that I think maybe is my perception of it. That's, but, or, or there's sort of the two sides of this coin. Because it is nerd shit, but it is also the other side of the coin is that it is also many people's only chance to perform. Like, broadly. Yeah. Like, I think out of Los Angeles and, you know, you know, places like New York and probably definitely the circles you ran in in Chicago, outside of those folks... No offense, Tony, but I've seen you at karaoke room. It's wild. Um, I'm sorry. The way you said those folks felt like a slur. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> improv people. <laughs> <laughs> it absolutely was a slur. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, like when you go to like a rando place in, say, your Michigans or wherever, there also is a significant chunk of people of just like, this is the literal only time they get to have a microphone mm-hmm. uh, and like just be the center of attention, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, some people hate it, but it all is like this thing too, where it's like, I don't know, just such like a rarefied moment. I think both of them still point towards some need for quote authenticity or exactness that leads to once again, this exact fucking question again. But I'm, I'm still just like, are, are we, are y'all really thinking about this? I guess they are. Okay, and I have an unpopular opinion that I kind of like the idea of subbing in whatever slur applies to your specific demographic. <laughs> oh, no! I think it's funny. I, I think it's funny. I... You can hate it. We can be different. I think it's better than the alternative, I guess. I, I think you're the, the first best alternative, I guess, once again, I'm, I'm grinding my, not even, I'm grinding my axe with whack Asian people, but the ones that say ninjas when they're, when they're mm-hmm. a rapping, that makes... No, that doesn't count. I know, but it, I hate that so much. You gotta say a so slur much. of your own people. I, but that you got to take back a slur, but that, that <laughs> and make the people in the room who aren't of that demographic uncomfortable because they can't say it with you. I know. I, you're you're right. Probably that the functionally that is one of the better. This is definitely one of the better solutions I've heard in a while. Um, but again, how much fucking karaoke are you people doing? However, a lot. Yeah, there's a lot. Clearly a lot. Up. Clearly a lot. Um. But like whatever, I've seen you replace all the problematic lyrics in "Baby Got Back" with like woke uh, female empowerment just lyrics. Body so positivity. Don't act like you're not a fucking nerd. <laughs> Basically, just, doing I, the same shit. I came. I came up with a thing. Yeah. So did these people. Ugh, my thing's better. Um, you you act like you're so above this. <laughs> no, whatever. I'm, I'm not above that. Baby it. got back was an excellent performance. I'm just it was better. <laughs> no, all I'm saying, <laughs> all I'm really saying is, the, okay. The 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 real danger is this, like, you know, false equivalency that rapidly comes up anytime outside of karaoke. People are like, I can say this sure, thing. Sure, sure. And that's sure. that remains the slippery slope upon which all of my my opinions sure. on this are based. But I'm just like, right? You give these people an inch, they'll just take a mile. I don't know. That's why I'm always like karaoke. 
it needs to be treated more like an escape room or something like the scenarios created inside these walls that we've paid for by the hour do not apply to outside life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And also stick, keep it in the walls. No one knows what you said and certainly don't go on a fucking podcast and tell everyone what you did. This person was telling on his friends, which I I love. That part was good. We do love that. We love a snitch, man. I'm just going to go through my music library now and just replace. I'm just going to listen to some pop smoke and replace it all with <laughs> different slurs and see how it sits. Just in my mind, just yeah. for myself, a little thought Ta- exercise. Tani, Tani, Tani's got a little notebook where she just writes down different slurs and practices singing them. So Yeah, I see what, what songs they scan into the best. <laughs> no, just no in case problem. it comes up. <laughs> no, you got to be ready. You got to be ready. Mm-hmm. Um... My computer's going to explode, so I got to Okay, go. okay. We're, we're done with this episode. Um, Austin, please come see us. We'd love to see you. I'll, I'll yes. eat something gross on stage. Um, yes. And yeah, next, next week's episode is going to be the Austin show. So then we will be talking to you like this. No, we'll be talking to you like this, probably pretty drunk uh, into our phones. We'll be doing a Yo Can We Live if you're a subscriber. Uh, yeah. uh, in Austin. Um, otherwise, Austin after dark. Thank you for l- listening. Three two three three eight nine seven two two three. Call in. Yo, is this racist? Suboptimal pods. Yep. yep. Uh, Tony Newman, Andrew T. Um, yep. Wish Kevin J. Bartelt. Uh, do you want to shout out uh, guest producer Kelsey? You're getting one. Thank you for thank you for stepping in. We really Yay. appreciate it. We appreciate uh, everyone. Okay, we're gonna go. That's it. Peace. Goodbye. This is suboptimal.